Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpresscom with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Is the best of two pros and a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. How about those Miami Heat? Playoff Play- Jimmy, man. Big time. Playoff Jimmy. It's a real deal. Yeah. That's the real thing there. Sweeping. Mr. Lowry. Yeah, sweeping the South Beach scene. <laughs> Lowry. Going all the Lowry, way up to B-Town and getting it done there, huh? It's not Mike Lowry. It's it ain't Mike Lowry, but it's Lowry. <laughs> yeah. Lowry. He was seasoning them boys last night. Yeah, he was, uh, he was awesome. And also... Kind of par for the course when it comes to the Boston Celtics. I, and I, your boy, you know, he'll be doing his bound, be doing his you know. He'll be getting it in. I'm impressed by Miami, man. I didn't, I did not give them or see them having the chance to do what I saw them do last night. Really? I was kind of, I was kind of shocked and blown away. Boston's in trouble. I, I was shocked that the Celtics were as favored as they were. I didn't. It just didn't make any sense to me. Like over the past three, four years, Boston's a five hundred team at home in the playoffs. Like this <laughs> is what they do. Like they lose at home all the time. And to see what the odds were, and it was the Celtics like a four to one favorite to win the series. And then just to see how that played out, they gave up what forty six points in the third quarter. They just don't play defense sometimes. Like it, it, I was not shocked at all. Like it just seemed hmm. like it was pretty par for the course. Okay. So I mean, but it does feel just like based off of betting odds. No, just based off of watching the Celtics over the past several years. This is what they do. They always give away a game like this. So you don't you don't look at them as being a more mature team, a team that's more prepared to be able to take that next step forward like uh, uh, to me the old Boston team would have lost that game to Philly Philly would have sent them home I think Miami's got a clear advantage in one department it's coaching I think it's clear 
I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt, I, w- I wouldn't argue that. And I just think that there was a point during that game where the Celtics needed a timeout in that third quarter, and there was just no no even thought to do it. Yet Miami and Eric Spolstra early on in the fourth quarter, the Celtics went on a run, cut it to five, and like 90 seconds in, Eric Spolstra called a timeout and said, no, I don't like this. I don't like this is going. It just feels like there's a, a clear advantage there for Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat. Hmm. I feel like he's the most underrated coach in the NBA. Hundred percent, might be, it might well, be in sports, and I'm oh, not even exaggerating. Oh, jeez, Jonas! I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. Well, when let's I say not that. get carried away, Jonas. Like, who else is even in the conversation? I wouldn't know. I'm telling you, he's fantastic, and what he's done, he just never gets the credit he deserves. Robert I mean, Salah is the best coach. I was going to say, if, if, a, you, if you start actually going like through what Jonas just said, the problem is any NFL coach that has any amount of, of success, they're never viewed as underrated. They're completely blown out of the water. We, we make these ridiculous you know, comments about how good they are. So they're, they're never really underrated. I wouldn't mm. even say they're overrated. They're just, they're just rated. They're on the radar. So I don't know that you can even include an NFL coach. Like I'm trying to think of one right now that's a head coach. You'd be like, oh, he's, he's like sneaky good. Like no one's sneaky good. Like anyone who's good, we're like, oh, my gosh, they're so good. And if they're bad, they get fired. So we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah I don't true. think Eric Spolstra is, is on everybody's radar as a great coach. I don't think he I don't, gets talked about. Enough. I don't think he does at all. Yeah, I think everyone looks at the success they had with LeBron and Bosh and Wade, and they're like, "Oh, it was you know the big three. It was it was those guys." But when you really look at the sustained success they've had since then, like it wasn't like like take Cleveland for example. Before LeBron got there, was were not good. Once he got there, they were competitive. They competed for championships. He goes to South Beach to win one. Eventually, comes back, wins one, but then. It took them a while to build up to what they even were this year. Like, like that's kind of typical to what happens to teams when the star leaves. And I, I look at Miami, and they just have continually shown up in Eastern Conference Finals year after year after year, and, or, or at least making a run in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And, and yeah, they got Jimmy Butler. They, they've got Kyle Lowry. They've got some other you know, players like that. I don't know that we view Jimmy Butler – the same as we view LeBron and, and D Wade and Chris Bosh and those figures. No. Now, if he wins this year, we'll start we'll start having that conversation about him. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, just the, his performance last night and the whole I don't know what it is the playoff Jimmy. Like I remember Paul was a Paul George who had playoff P. Kind of gave himself that nickname. But Jimmy Butler and everyone said, you know, what, what's Paul George talking about? What was his signature moment? It's hard to find like a really bad Jimmy Butler game in the postseason. He just can, it just seems to be the best player on the floor at all times. Like he outplayed Tatum last night. Tatum was a disaster in the fourth quarter. Uh, turned the ball over. He, he got caught traveling twice in a row on two consecutive possessions. It just feels like Miami never makes a critical error to Which, screw themselves up. Someone explained to me how we all of a sudden start calling traveling in the playoffs, but these never officials call it, never call it. They <laughs> never call it the course of the regular season, but yeah, man. now we're going to start calling it. Uh, I have a theory on that. It's dang near it football out there in basketball these days, man. Just pick it up, <laughs> stiff arm people, spin moves, you know, jab steps. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You know what I, my theory is on officiating during the regular season? What you got? They're just trying to get over with it, too. Like, can we just move on? Let's just get to the postseason. None of this matters. We want to go watch football on a Thursday night. That's that's what my opinion is. Hmm. But 
again, you know, the NBA has never had issues with officials. And there's also this clip. <laughs> there's also this clip going around. I don't know if anybody has seen it where I, I don't know who the official was, but Jimmy Butler goes to the lane, makes a basket. And in slow mo, the official sort of throws his head back like, damn, like he made that shot. And people are speculating maybe that uh, maybe that official had a vested interest in last night's game. Well, look, I don't think Jimmy Butler cares what anyone thinks, does he? No, he definitely doesn't. And in fact, since you brought that up, Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy Butler, he spoke afterwards and things got a little feisty with the media. Jimmy, I would imagine that you don't feel like an eight seed. This doesn't feel like you're climbing mountains and knocking off favorites and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, that's a question? Well, I, it's the start of a question. Oh, okay. Well, what's the question? <laughs> the question is, um, how does this feel to you guys, what you have done so far? And if you go back all the way to that night against Chicago and the play-in, did you think then that something like this would be possible? Damn right. I did. Damn right. We did. Um, and the best part about it is we still don't care what none of y'all think, honestly speaking. Um, we don't care if you pick us to win. We never have. We never will. We know the group of guys we have in this locker room. Um, we know that Coach Bo, um puts so much confidence and belief in each and every one of us. Coach Pat as well. And so our circle's small, but... This circle got so much love for one another. Um, we pump constant confidence into everybody. And we go out there and we hoop. We play basketball the right way, knowing that we always got a chance. There he is. It sounds good. It definitely sounds good. But but in the end, if if you just don't have it to get it done, you just don't have it to get it done. I mean, uh, us against the world mentality when an entire team believes that, is a very tough team to deal with. It's a very tough team to deal with. But in the end, if if a team is better than you, they're just better than you. I did not look at that game last night and in my anticipation of seeing a Celtics team just look better than the Miami Heat, I did not see that. Even with, like, it made me just think, because they kept talking about Tyler Harrow being on the sideline and them having a few guys on the sideline that were injured and Harrow's a, he's a starter and that hurts them and this, that, and the other. They still did not look like a team that the Celtics just looked like they were better than. But with that being said, the Celtics have, like you said, Jonas, they have a propensity to allow teams to look like they're as good as them or, if not as good, better for some strange reason. I think the Celtics are in trouble, but I would not be be shocked if the Celtics take over um, take over the series after giving up this first game. That's the problem. Like, they'll come out next game, they'll win by 15, and then, eh, flip a coin, game three. Like, it's, it's just the same story with them. I, I think they're grossly overrated like just the mm. idea that they were the favorites even going after what you saw from Denver in game one against the Lakers the idea that Boston was still the favorite to win the title just doesn't make any sense to me and you can say well you know uh the the NBA finals have to go through Boston because Milwaukee lost in the first round to Miami okay again 
you're still talking about a team over the last 20-plus games who's 500 at home in the playoffs. I just don't understand how they were looked at as this daunting task for anybody. And Miami has been the best team in the Eastern Conference over the last three weeks to a month. The entire postseason, after that loss in the play-in game, Miami's been the best team in the East, and I don't even think it's been close. So. Yeah, I mean, you've got that on both, both sides right now. I yeah. mean, you can make the same case about the Lakers and the way they've played – you know, probably second half of the season, but definitely in the playoffs. That's I mean, I, th- I think you'd make make the comment: these are two hot teams playing against two teams that had good regular seasons um, that have some flaws or have some weaknesses if you can expose them. But back to the Spolster, like Spolster's probably the closest thing when you talk about injuries and guys like Tyler Hero being out to being able to just plug players in to a scheme that fits their strengths. And, it, you know, you, you hear how Jimmy Butler talks about, you know, the media and, and them not caring about it. It really does remind you of like a little bit of a Bill Belichick type, type, type approach almost. Like they don't, they don't really care about anyone else, what anyone else thinks outside of them. They've got their style of, of playing, how they're going to match up, the adjustments they're going to make. They're, they're way more technical, technical. I mean, Spolstra, you know, will, as you kind of pointed out, Jonas, he'll, he'll stop play to make sure they're in the right set. Or he'll stop play if he doesn't like what he sees. You know, he's not one of those coaches like, oh, you know, I just I trust my my star, my superstars. We let him go play and get a bucket in a crucial moment or or at the end of a quarter. Like he's he's not that style always. He's usually like, all right, let's set something up here. Let's make sure we get a good play, get a clean shot. And it, it's kind of it's kind of refreshing in a way because this is a team that again they didn't have high expectations coming into the playoffs. They're I don't want to say exceeding now, but they're kind of right where they've been. Like we've. If you want to call Boston overrated, I think Miami's been underrated yeah. for almost the entirety since even the, the bubble, uh, when they went to the, the NBA Finals during the Bubble Boy Championship Series uh, and got beat by the Lakers. But they were, under, they were underrated then. Uh, but, but the Jimmy Butler, like, listening to him talk, he might be, he might be one of, like, the last old-school type of NBA players, like, as far as his demeanor and, and the way he approaches the game. You know, like, there was a couple of clips of him on social media where the rest of the team's partying. He's just in the back by his locker drinking water. And, and I think he's obviously matured over the years, but there's, there's like, a, a sense of urgency, a seriousness to him. Where it, I'm not going to compare him to Kobe. Kobe was just like, you know, I had, had that killer instinct. But you, you get more of a sense of that more so than, like, if they lose – hey, the first thing I'm doing is going to Cancun or I'm looking at who could join us next year to try to make you know, our, our big three or make our big four and our, our championship roster. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he's willing to stay in Miami and try to basically do it on his own. I mean, Lowry missed a bunch of time this year. When he's on, like last night, he's on. And, and he could be a solid number two, but – um, that hasn't, hasn't consistently been the case with Lowry dealing with injuries. And I think a lot of people thought when Butler chose to play for Miami, it was like, oh, okay, South Beach wants yeah, to go. Yeah, the heat. And, yeah. and then Beach he, body. he gets there, and it's – and what's funny about this is you look at the Dolphins and it's the Dan Marino era, the Tua era. It's, you know, run and gun and they're flashy and it's fun and it's all about offense. It's snowing. And, yeah, but it's, it's yes, true. It does snow uh, year round in Miami, I've heard. But especially during the Dan Marino era, the heat, the heat have still, the heat have still kept that Pat Riley mid 90s sort of defense, defense, defense. Because he's we, still there. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's. That, that 
influence is still there. Yeah, that's the the common thread through it all. So yeah. fantastic for them. So great, the- man. That was a great correlation. That was great how you guys put that all together, man. I'm that's proud of you. And then, I see. And I was then, like, I was more of a spectator um, listening to you guys um, put this together in this segment. It, it was uh, it was masterfully done. But and the, and let's, I'll tell you this: if for some strange reason uh, history repeats itself, and the Miami Heat end up seeing the L.A. Lakers in in a championship round, keep in mind Jimmy Butler was banged the hell up by the time he got to that that. Uh, the that championship series. Oh, the, the Heat had multiple. I think uh, Dragic was out. I think was yeah. Bam Adebayo out as well too. Like the Heat. Got but your boy, your boy Jimmy series. Butler was hanging by a thread yeah. and was out that bad boy on half a leg and all kinds of stuff, just still trying to get after it. And it it just it didn't seem like a fair matchup. But I, he's he's healthy this year. They're they're I a lot healthier. Being, being such big NBA fans that we are, yeah. if it ends up being a Miami LA series, we we should just make sure we go. You know, to a game. Great point. Yeah. I mean, I really do, Scott Shapiro. I really do think that we should. What up, um, Scott? Yeah, I think we should do that. What's up, Don? We 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 definitely <laughs> should do that. It's like, uh, it also, I I gotta ask the question before maybe we get to more break than here. one game. Yeah, um, I gotta ask this question: Is there a rift right now in the Quinn household? Because you know, I mean, listen. Brady lives in South Florida, but the in-laws are from Boston. Like, is there any sort of an issue there between this series and sort of the rooting interest? And could we see maybe Brady at, uh, you know, TD Bank North or whatever the hell they're calling it now for a game sitting courtside going to see the Um, in-laws? I I don't foresee that happening for the Eastern Conference uh, Finals, but... To answer your your question, you know there's there's a, a passing in the family, so things oh, have been a little little touch and go, a little emotional. We didn't want to bring you know any sort of trash talk into it, but I, I think we're probably far enough removed now, <laughs> where when I see them here right. shortly, there's going to be a lot of trash talk. Yeah. Like there's going to be a lot of you know because they are like that's the one thing I'll say about Boston fans. And this is what I love about Boston. They they just love their teams, man. Like it doesn't matter what it is, their basketball, their hockey, their football, their baseball. Their they love it all. I mean, they've been successful at all of them. But it's one of my favorite parts about going to Boston is that fan base is so educated on all of it. Like you're you'd be hard pressed to just stop talk to someone on the street. They'll tell you something about one of the teams, and, and they'll tell you whatever's going on. Like they know they watched. Like it is, it is a dialed-in fan base as much as it gets. It's the exact opposite of probably in L.A. Oh, you know, wow. When, when you go and like ask something about the the Lakers, the Lakers are playing today? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The Lakers are playing today? Oh. Here's, here's Le, Le, LeBron. LeBron. Here's LeBron. Uh, Le Love. Ew. They're they're hard to understand wearing masks. So I was just going to say, there's, then, then there's that, yeah. you know, because you can't go inside. <laughs> that is the true. Yeah, you got to you, gotta, uh, you gotta keep uh, keep your distance six feet apart, so it is a little difficult to understand. Uh, but again, nobody breaks down the NBA like this show. All right, NBA insiders through and through on two pros and a couple. I just can't wait to show up at NBA finals game. You know, yeah, that's, <laughs> hey. we've earned but, it. But by the way, it would have to be in Miami. I'm not coming to LA for it. Sorry. Sorry. Hmm. And by the way, don't blame you at all. Yeah. I, I wouldn't either. So maybe we'll make that happen. I don't have um, to wear a full body suit just to go in the, the crypt or whatever the hell you guys are calling it these days. Uh, who hmm. knows? Can't keep track. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Choose and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. By the way, uh... Got some problems at the PGA Championship. Yeah, currently closed. 36 degrees, frost mm. issue. Cliff Kingsbury ain't got that. Problem. No, he, does. <laughs> he definitely does not. Uh, and you know what we do have, though? We do have what? Albert Breer, senior nice. NFL reporter at the MMQB. Nice. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. AB, what's happening? Happy Thursday. What's up, AB? What's up, guys? What's going on? Just hanging out, you know, just talking football. I was going through your mailbag. And I feel like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get yelled at for this, but leave leave it alone, Lavar. Just leave I'm, it alone. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, just sorry. Leave it alone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that, Av. Go ahead. Go All right. Ahead. So I was going through Albert's mailbag, and 
I noticed that when the subject of a potential trade of one Quinnen Williams, who's not claiming which team he's the current defensive tackle for, was brought up, you basically shut it down right at the start. But is there... How does this end for Quinn and Williams and the Jets? Because it feels like this sort of popped up and it's feel good for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers there. And uh-huh. now you've got him who's been frustrated about his current situation and then picking up the fifth-year option and not giving him his long-term deal. It ends with a big fat paycheck. Um, like, I, I, like, I just – I don't see any other scenario here for the Jets. You know, like, they – you know, I, I, it's it's normal that a negotiation could get tense, you know, a few months before the season because you may not have a deadline that creates real movement. Um, and, look, like the Jets aren't in a position where they're going to be offloading people. Like they were in a situation sort of like this a couple of years ago with Jamal Adams. Um, but, you know, at that point they had a first-year head coach and, you know, Joe Douglas was retooling the roster. This is a vastly different situation they're in right now where um, they're very much in win-now mode. And, um, you know, on top of that, I think, you know, like you have to remember, this is sort of the time for players to rattle cages. Um, you know, it used to be that you would see this sort of thing during training camp. Well, now, because of the holdout rules that more or less prevent guys from, from doing this in July and August, if you're trying to make a point and you're a player, you almost have to do it in April and May and June. And generally what that means is staying away from the off-season program. Um, sometimes it means saying something publicly about your contract situation. And then I guess this is sort of the <laughs> – this, sort of, this is sort of like, you know, the, 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 the you know, shooting the nuke is uh, now in, in 2023 is scrubbing your social media of any mention of your current employers. So, um, look, I don't think this is that much different than Debo Samuel last year. Um, I, I, I think eventually they get it done. Um, and I think with, you know, a negotiation where the numbers are, where, where, where they are on, on this one, I think it was always going to be a little difficult to find a common ground. Mm. Albert, you talk to teams. When a player changes his Twitter bio, are people just running around like their hair's on fire in, in the front <laughs> office of the organization? Or are they laughing at it? I mean, I think I saw – I think I saw the Vikings most recently change something on their Twitter handle, not including Dalvin Cook, almost like, oh, is that a message to Dalvin Cook and his agent yeah. or to what's happening? I mean, t- talk to me about the behind the scenes of how this works. It's like the gift. It's like the gift from the office, right? Like where Michael Scott's running around and they say it's happening or whatever, right? Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they'd probably laugh about it. Like, I, I, I just think, you know, I mean, look, and like in Quinn Williams' defense, like, you know, he's a fourth-year player. This is his first time being through this. And, and for most players who are, you know, seeking that big second contract, they're sort of learning things as they go. Um, and in some cases, listening to their agent on things like this. Um, you know, and so, you know, I, I just, I don't think, you know, in May or June, you're panicking. You know, I think if you get to July and there's not something done and you wonder, is it going to be awkward when we get to training camp? Um, could the guy actually stage a holdout as much money as that would cost him? Like, that's where I think things are a little more serious. You know, but when we're talking about May and June, I mean, they're not even going 11 on 11 or 7 on 7 yet, you know? So, um, you know, I think that they trust after having had Quentin Williams in the building for four years that, you know, like he'll be ready to go, um, you know, when training camp starts and, I don't think May or June is any time for anyone to panic on either side, by the way.
AB, just give us the latest on the commander's, you know, situation and where they're at. Yeah, so uh, there are really like two big steps that need to that need to happen here. Um, you know, the first one is um, the the finance committee needs to approve the structure of the deal. Um, now, there was some hope that that would happen. They had a regular regularly scheduled meeting last week in New York. And there was some hope that the committee would, you know, that the deal would be ready for the committee to approve last week. It wasn't. Um, but I, I don't think that there's any reason to, to think that that means anything's out of line. The timing didn't line up. Um, and, you know, that makes it less likely because they didn't vote last week that um, anything will be ready to go to the owners um, next week in Minneapolis when they have their spring meeting. Um, you know, that said, like in the situation last year, you know, and, and, and that one, the timing didn't really match up with any of their meetings. So they had like an emergency meeting in July or I think early August to approve the Waltons to buy the Broncos. So um, everything's still on track there. And, and um, you know, I, the, the, the transition is going to happen and going to happen before the season. Um, and obviously that means everybody in that building, you know, from Ron Rivera to Marty Herney to Martin Mayhew, all those guys are going to be under evaluation this year. Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is just kind of the 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 ownership, the new ownership group taking those two final steps, you know, getting approval from the finance committee, and then getting approval from the ownership. And you know, it's going to be interesting about this one, guys. And this is sort of getting into the weeds of it. Is that there is a rule that the primary owner has to you know have you know thirty percent of the the price in in in, in cash, and that has to be liquid. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a little bit of a difficult ask of anybody um, based on what the price of these teams are right now. And so I think, you know, if you want to really get inside baseball on it, maybe the most interesting piece left is whether or not the NFL has to adjust its ownership rules to accommodate this, this purchase and what that might mean for NFL ownership going forward, you know, down the line when teams like Seattle, you know, may go, may go for sale over the next few years. Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter at Albert Breer. Al, from people you've talked to in and around, you know, league circles, what is the overall opinion of the Peacock $110 million rumored price tag for the one playoff game uh, coming up this, uh, this January? Well, there's some people who don't have their jobs anymore that probably aren't happy about it. Right. Um, you know, I think it's sort of another sign of how the NFL's recession proof, you know, and that's, you know, I tweeted something on this earlier this week. That's why when you hear the NFL talk about economic realities, don't listen to any of that. You know, reality, the economic realities don't really apply to them. Um, you know, this, I mean, more than anything else is, is basically making money appear out of thin air. Um, they, this, this is separate from their broadcast deals and, you know, it behooves the NFL to have every one of its games um, on the over-the-air networks because that's going to attract the biggest audience. But for any of the over-the-air networks to get a game streaming product, they got to give the NFL something to do that, and that's where the 110 million dollars comes from. Is that um, you know the the NBC is more or less paying the NFL 110 million dollars just to move that game from NBC onto Peacock which they hope is going to push people to subscribe for Peacock and benefit them in the long run. And the idea this sort of goes back to, you know, Thursday Night Football 10 years ago when, um, you know, Fox and NBC and CBS wanted to buy the Thursday Night Packers and put it on their cable networks. And the NFL basically said, no, we're not going to let you use 
the Thursday Night Football to prop up, you know, CBS Sports Network or FS1 or NBC Sports Network, we're going to use your over-the-air network to prop up Thursday Night Football. And so to move the NFL off its spot on that sort of thing where they want their games going to the widest audiences, the network's got to give something, and that's sort of the way this went here. And, uh, yeah, let's all hope the stream holds up when there are tens of millions of people on it in January. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what's going to be most interesting. Although, you know, I mean, I guess you could use the Thursday night football as a a case study, and I think that's held up pretty well. Yep. What's what's interesting to me is, so they're going to charge, what, $4.99 for Peacock? And very similar to Amazon's approach with Thursday night football, you know, they – you know, they, they got they saw a surge of people who signed up right before the first Thursday night football game that they were they were streaming, right? And and that's the thought here, right? But which I think the other thing that people don't take into account is um, you get the opportunity to promote its marketing. It's it's a number of things, and probably lastly is streaming allows you to learn so much more about your consumer. You know, there's yeah. so much more data attached to that because of our phones and and when you decided to pick up peacock you, you basically say yep to all of the uh, rules regulations and, and things that are set forth and then at that point nbc knows everything about that consumer base right i mean there's a lot more yeah. behind it than just the economics to it is that uh, sure to look at it sure and that helps you with ad revenue too right brady i mean i yeah. i um you know like you think about like, like golf is a great example of that like where you know, golf, the viewership isn't nearly as as wide as, you know, football or baseball or basketball has been historically, but you know who you're reaching. You know, like a, an advertiser knows with a golf audience exactly who they're reaching. And so, you know, it's sort of the same concept as that, like where you're, you're taking a much wider audience and you're saying, how can we reach, you know, different segments of that audience? And obviously, the the data you're able to collect and 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 looking at streaming subscribers probably allows you to tailor things a little bit more if you're an advertiser to reach certain audiences. So that's certainly a part of it. And then you know, obviously, for the you know for the networks themselves, not having to go through a cable carrier, um, you know, going direct to consumer and being able to profit that way is a benefit too. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think we all know that's sort of where it's going. Anybody who has kids who, you know, watches how their kids consume things, um, you know, I don't think my three kids are going to be cable subscribers. So that's, you know, that would be the last piece of it is just kind of being prepared for where everything's going to be 10, 20, 30 years from now. It's crazy. Uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter at Albert Breer. Al, we appreciate it. I, I was going to uh, ask your thoughts on Fox's big announcement. Uh, obviously, TCU in Colorado, but they made sure to point out the game. Ohio State, Michigan is also going to be featured uh, in its usual spot there uh, at the big house in Ann Arbor. So we got plenty of time to get your thoughts on the preview of that game. Is it going to be three in a row? Is it not going to be three in a row for Michigan? So. Curious to. I guess it just said that 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 sounded like nails running across a chalkboard three in a row. Uh, are, so. are, you, are you concerned? Does it feel like uh, Michigan's going to get? Of course, them again? I'm concerned. Okay. Of course, I'm concerned. Yeah. Why wouldn't I be concerned? We lost twice in a row. Of course, I am. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I've got. We go to South Bend, but 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 we go to South Bend a couple months before that. Oh, are we thinking uh, maybe a little uh, Brady Breer uh, kind of duel here? A little Ohio yeah. State. Okay, I think it's, it. I think it's September twenty fourth. I think that's right, right, Brady? I believe so. It seems like that could be uh, that could be, be at the right. beginning of the season. Yeah. 
So they, mm-hmm. it, it was like, hey, we'll host you guys for you know week one when you come here, but we'll need some time, you know, when we go up there. So we can't schedule it at the beginning of the season. <laughs> kind of odd it worked out like that. That's how that went. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we open up the show. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Talking about game one of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA. It was the Miami Heat getting it done on the road. Playoff Jimmy's a real thing. And the playoff Celtics at home, who are a 500 team, is a real thing as well, too. You've also got game two of the NBA playoffs coming up later on uh, in the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. So we're going to have a ton on that coming up tomorrow for the show. And then there was the other story out of the NBA, not named John Morant, flashing a hand cannon on IG Live or whatever it was. And that was the San Antonio Spurs winning the NBA draft lottery and having the opportunity to select Wemby, I guess is what we're going with. We're going to call him Wemby. So this discussion now turns to the NFL. Would an NFL draft lottery work? 
and that's been sort of thrown about. Would it help get rid of tanking? Would it help teams? Uh, you kind of alleviate that issue, and teams would be put into a lottery, and it would kind of add a little something to the NFL draft, which has, has had a lot of momentum over the years with moving locations and all the buzz and the conversation. And we had a ton of that on this show leading up to the draft. So where do we stand on the potential of an NFL draft lottery? Do you guys believe that would be something that would work and help alleviate potential tanking in the National Football League? I mean, you still get teams who, who tank in the NBA, though, right? Yes. I mean, just for the chance to <clears throat> be able to take a guy, excuse me, <clears throat> at the top of the draft, um, I, 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 don't, I don't know that it's going to alleviate tanking altogether uh, because you st- teams are still going to want to be in a position to move up. And when we saw the number nine team trade up to number one this year to take Bryce Young. So as long as you're in the top ten, I'm not so sure it really changes a whole lot. I think the the question I always ask is the NFL draft has become such a big event for the NFL. How would they be able to make it bigger? And if you could create another night, another event or an announcement by using a lottery system, I'm sure they could sell that. I'm sure they could make that into something where they're able to package it and sell it somehow. Um, so, you know, the NFL seems to turn everything they touch into gold for the most part. So that, that's my only thought on, on how a, a lottery would potentially impact their revenue. But I don't know that it's going to change a whole lot of anything. You still get teams that I, I think would try to put themselves in position to take, I don't know, a Caleb Williams this year in the draft or a Drake May by you know finding ways of, of losing some games towards the end of a season. I, listen, tanking, it, it, I just don't know how you would ever pull that off in football just because I, don't, I just think there's too many players. Like you can't, you can't tank the way you do in the NBA. You know, you see guys get pulled out and they're the main players and they're pulled out and they don't play them. And they're, they're not going to be a part of that team in the future or whatever it may be. And you can see a, a very, very defined approach by NBA teams and how they're moving in football. You can't do that. It's like you, oh, we're we're pulling Patrick Mahomes out. We're tanking to get the next best receiver or the the best offensive tackle in the draft. So we're going to pull Pat Mahomes out. Uh, we're going to pull out all the rest of our our you know half of our starters and you know like a preseason game and a regular season game. It wouldn't go over well. It wouldn't be received well. It would not. It just wouldn't stand up. Tanking is not like we heard those conversations coming from uh, Flores or from Hugh. Right. Um, I just don't see how anyone, one person, even a head coach, could tank a season or tank games without it being visibly noticeable to everyone. And and once it's visibly noticeable to everyone you're not going to have to worry about 
if it was tanking, it's going to be such a big story and a big topic that everyone would be talking about it. And there you have it. So to me, I don't you know, I don't think tanking is even really possible in the National Football League. And as it applies to to a lottery or like a, you know, kind of for for the picks to to do that whole, you know, the balls and and all that stuff um, to me. You know, the the NFL draft is already entertaining enough to to add something to that. It might it might work. But why why do something that makes you comparable to the NBA when you're already superior to the NBA? It's almost like, oh, you guys are doing something that's really good. We're going to do it, too. Now, like it's kind of like they they have their own identity. The, the NFL has their own identity as to how they go about doing things. And you know what? It, it's it's working. I, I, I think it's just a safeguard, right? I mean, that's what it is. Like, you look at every other league that does a lottery system. I mean, the NHL is a little less transparent. But it's a safeguard so that teams wouldn't or, or couldn't implement that strategy, especially as we get more involved with gambling. When you look at like a week 18 matchup that could very well determine the number one overall pick, hence, you know, the Houston Texans last year in their divisional game. Now, the NFL tries to circumvent that by having divisional matchups, which can be incredibly impactful to the playoff scenario, but not for the other teams that aren't going, you know, not for the other 18 teams that aren't going to make it. So, um, it, 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 I mean, it does play an impact there. I think the way teams go about tanking is doing, for example, what kind of the Raiders did last year, where you just bench Derek Carr for the final two games, right? Like you're, you're in essence, like not playing a guy who could help you win, <clears throat> gives you the best chance to win. You're giving someone else an opportunity. And, and the truth of the matter is they're probably not going to have as good of an opportunity to go win. That's what you start doing. You start sitting a bunch of veteran players who – are the highest paid, give you the best chance to win. And that's, in essence, like what that looks like. And, and we obviously see that the final two, sometimes three games to finish off a season with teams. It's kind of like what Philly did that final game of Doug Peterson's time. Exactly. There, where they had uh, – who was the quarterback they brought in? They sat Jalen Hurts and they brought in somebody else. And, and even Jason Kelsey and some others were on the sideline questioning Doug Peterson. Like, is this, is this the It was the, the kid from Indiana. I can't think of his uh, name right now, but I, I, it was he, he came out of Indiana. Efforting. He was a backup there. Yeah, we are efforting uh, the uh, the Eagles backup quarterback a couple of years ago with Doug Peterson. But I, I just look at it. I say the one advantage that because if you go to the, a team that clearly, clearly made a decision to they'd rather be in the lottery than be a part of the NBA playoffs was the Dallas Mavericks, because Dallas looked at it and said, we're just going to sit. Everybody will play uh, Luca on Slovenian night to close out the yeah. year. Be 13 minutes it's just so to say on that. it just it, because it was so obvious <laughs> and nobody wanted to talk about what it. Night like, it it was what Slovenian night, was it? night uh, okay. in, in Dallas you know of all the nights Slo- is there a big Slovenian population I don't even know I, I wasn't aware <laughs> of that but apparently <laughs> like, that was the move did that, was there an uptick there in, I don't in know, like, you, know like this said, you know we could use some more Slovenians here largest right. Slovenian <laughs> population <laughs> let me tell you something if it changed if it changed after that night God bless the Dallas Mavericks for making it happen and being uh, okay. I've got a quick update. Apparently, right. Cleveland is the metropolitan area with the largest Slovenian population. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Oh, talking about huh. so 
With that being said, Dallas made the decision, we want to protect our draft pick, we'd rather be in the lottery. I feel like, and they looked at it and said, it's not like we're going to be able to beat anybody in a seven-game series based on how we've played. We'd rather just take our chances if we're not really a title contender. In the NFL, because of the one and done of the playoffs, I feel like more of these teams that are a seven or a six seed have a better shot than even though Miami's doing it right now as an eight, have a better shot at making a real run. Look, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were the sixth seed when they made a run. Ben Roethlisberger's first Super Bowl, I think they were a sixth seed. I think they went on the road every single game in the playoffs. I just don't I, I feel like if you add a lottery and tell teams, well, you can just get into the into the draft lottery and you might be able to get a Kayla Williams next year, I feel like that would entice more teams to quote unquote tank or whatever you want to call it Probably. as opposed to how they have it now. Yeah. So that's a good point. But by the way, can we get some music real quick? Maybe some game show music. Yes. I'd like Uh-oh. to play. Uh, I'd like to play a little game called Uh-oh. "Where Are Most Slovenians Located I'm in, in wow. the United States?" I happen to be an expert on Slovenians. Okay. Now, this is coming off of a, uh, a survey back in 2010, so it's a little bit dated. But uh, I'm, I'm a simpleton. <laughs> is this Slovenian music? This is insulting. Yes. This is this is Slovenian music. <laughs> music. This is this is based on data uh, collected back in 2010. I, I would do further research, but I, I like maps. You know, I like visuals, things that are easier to look at. What is the number one state where Slovenians live in the United States? You said Jonas- Ohio. Well, I said Cleveland was the city. Right. But you all are also right. It is Ohio is the okay. number one. I, I would have figured it would have been Ohio. Okay, go Can ahead. Can you ahead. name... I'll give you – there's five other states that have a very big Slovenian oh, – I should say very big, by the way. It's not that big of a population in general. But the, the, there's five states then that make up the next grouping of states with a high Slovenian population for Slovenian standards. Oh, this is states. easy. Yeah. I got it. What do you got? Can I name all five? I don't mean to sure. hog the – Sure. Yeah, name all five. states Lamar. or cities? States. States. Okay, go I, ahead. I can name all five. Okay. Go ahead. Hawaii – Nope. Alaska, nope. North Dakota, nope. South Dakota, nope. and Idaho. Not, not, not actually over, over five. I'm gonna I'm say Hawaii doesn't have a lot of Slovenians. Zero. You got to be out of your mind. Yeah. Really? Or below 512 at least. That's kind of okay. the bottom. I'm going to say Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. I'm going to say going. Indiana. No. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut? No. <laughs> I'm going to say Michigan. Uh, it's up there. It's not in the next group of five. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota is right. Yeah. yeah. Don't let the rain ruin the rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know? Uh, uh, so you're going to pick based off of how I'm picking, Joe? Like, <laughs> don't do that now. Kind of well, hold on yeah, a second. Don't do that now. You know, you guys, you guys don't have to look too far. <clears throat> wink, wink. If you catch my drift. Oh, Mexico. Uh, no, what? that's not a state in the United States. Oh, you said you don't have to look too far. Right yeah, there. like. Oh my God, New York. No, no, that, that's California. up there, but it's not California. California. Yeah. California, California's one now. Of the that's states. weird. And here's what my 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 uh, strategy was. Usually, when when uh, people come from different places and and travel to distant different lands, they yeah. they stick together. That's true. 
So <laughs> I was true. trying to like name all of the states that were surrounding near, the number near one. Pennsylvania and Ohio. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here's here's my logic behind this, right? So most people get like a postcard from like Venice Beach, and so they're like, "Wow, that would be a great place to go," and, and they, like they want to go live there, right? And you get there, and then they get there, and they're like, "Oh, apparently people live on the beach in." Tents. Yes. And there's, there's a whole tent city yes. here. So. Hey, let me tell and you And they something. shower with a bottle of Dasani every day. The, the way, like, my whole thing is, I don't know. I pay taxes, man. And <laughs> and my whole thing is, I'm sitting here paying taxes, and, and this person gets to, like, free and clear, like, just be in this tent, and nobody matters. <laughs> Can I be honest? The last time I was oh, walking man. on the Strand that I was there, there was a pile of poop, and I was like, "That's a big dog." And I was like, "Wait a second, that that actually looks like that's human. Some human took a dump there." Yeah, okay. that's what that is. By the way, can I ask you on your uh, Slovenian uh, list of states with the most Slovenians, where is Texas again? Texas is in like the next tier, along with Florida, uh, Michigan, but the other two states you guys missed were Illinois and Wisconsin. All right, hmm. yeah. see, see, uh, Colorado's in that group. Wisconsin makes sense, and Illinois makes sense, right? Like in terms no. of being close to Ohio, that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Why else? So really, I think what we're missing the boat on here is Uh-oh, maybe Mark boat. Cuban can work out a trade to send Luca to Cleveland. That's true. To go play for the Cavs. Yes. How about bring that? them another championship, yeah. baby? I mean, oh, by the way, this is back in 2010, so these could be incredible. Oh, okay. <laughs> by the way, uh, 13 years. You're old from data. you're from Ohio. Any of your buddies Slovenian? Uh, Do you have any good Slovenian in you? I don't think so. I've got some. We got some some Polish, right? Oh, the old ski. Yeah, so I got ski. a Nor- Norwegian buddy. Um, mm. a big uh, big old Norwegian fellow. Uh, mm. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to look into this. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. See, you learned something new on this. Samarja was Serbian. I remember that. Because he's got an interesting last name. What's he up to? Just hanging out, make uh, made a hundred million plus in his career. Oh yeah, a he's good shot. career. Being a dad, good, good for know, him. Raising man. kids, living the good life. Shark. Yeah. By the way, All I right. think I don't think Michael Morris ever played another game in Major League Baseball after that brawl between Bryce Harper and uh, what was it Hunter? Uh, God, what was that guy's name uh, for the Giants? <coughs> and Samarja Samarja ran out of the dugout and inadvertently hit one of his own teammates. Michael Morris is a big guy, and Samarja. Demolished Dude, I, him. I try to tell people all the time, <laughs> Samarja is huge. Like, he, I mean, he played wide receiver, so people are like, oh, he's like a skinny. I'm like, no, he is a gigantic person. He would have been a first-round pick, right? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, he's got broad shoulders. He's just tall. He's extremely athletic, and he's strong. Like, he used to wrestle. I remember him and Trevor Laws used to, used to wrestle in our free time, and, like, Jeff would hold his own. Like, I swear to you, he was – he was wiry strong. Like, we used to call him the Iron Lung. There was no one who would whoop the your ass more in, in off-season conditioning <clears throat> like than, than Samarja. Samarja would show up at 5 a.m., run laps around everyone, and have the best weekend of his life. You know, he's just, <laughs> he, could, he could do it all, man. Uh, good for Shark. Uh, yeah. It is two pros and a cup of joe here on Fox Sports Radio, so that'll wrap up our coverage of the potential NFL draft lottery here on the show. Uh, you can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app, but we do have ourselves more comments, more comments from what could be considered a disgruntled employee in the NFL. Ooh. 
what you talking about me? Oh, no, oh, no, NFL. no, no, no. Oh, Come okay. on, please. My bad. No, you're not disgruntled. Oh, okay. Even though you're defending our reputation on social media, I see. You see that? I see that. Biggest groupie in the world. Yep. <laughs> you listen to our show every day. I know. You comment on our show every day. Huge fan of the JKS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you out here talking crazy on social media. Like, oh, you, you listen man. every day. Do you understand you're the biggest groupie, you douche? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.